Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for a, another Pittsburgh Steelers postgame podcast where the Pittsburgh Steelers are victorious again in meaningless football games as they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 24-16 at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on the wrong side of the state. Nonetheless, here to talk about the game with us, as always, Dave Schofield. What's up, Dave? I'm sorry. I, I got to take a moment. Um, I got a bit of a different background. You're probably saying it's not Tuesday night. Yeah, I'm actually at Big Bro's house doing the show, watching the game together. And I, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you this, but if you don't have air conditioning, why even bother to have electricity? I mean, it is brutal right now. <laughs> it's so stinking up. But no one in this area has electricity because it's in the, or not electricity has air conditioning because it's in the mountains. I wonder if they even have electricity. But uh, now we watch the game somehow. But man, it's. It is roasting, but I'll if, if you see me keel over, send my brother a message. All right, we will. <laughs> and joining us for the first time on the post game podcast is Brian Anthony Davis with his new upgraded internet. What's up, Brian? Hey, yes, I'll take any victory we can get. I love it. I'm feeling good, and uh, yeah, I have the same background, and I have no problem with that. And yeah, the the internet's a little bit better. So there should not be a 17-minute delay from the time you ask me a question to uh, when I finally answer. So I'm glad to be back. And look at Jeffy with the keystone. He's got a keystone on that shirt. What's going on with that shirt? Yeah. Oh, it's a 412. You got to love it. You got to know which side is the right side. And I mean the correct side. All right. This, Dave, this was an old one, Jeff. I had to bring oh, it up okay, before we lost you. it. I appreciate it. The live chat's going nuts right now. Five dollars from Dave Dixon. It's his first time in the live chat. Go Steelers. Welcome, Dave. Thank you very much. Uh get this one up here. Nicholas Gabriel, two dollars. Says went to the game, didn't get a big press punt, frowny face. My gosh, that, that's horrible. I, I swear. I mean, and, and what's really worse is that Jordan Berry actually kicked the ball really well tonight. Um, and so it's uh tough. That's tough. But well, uh go ahead. You know what uh, happened? They gave him, they gave Jordan Berry the whole game just like they did. Uh, no, they didn't. It was Presley Harvin's his punt in the second half. They didn't have to the, punt. <laughs> Presley Harvin was the holder in the second half. So he was um, going to get the yeah, second it half. Yeah, it was Boswell and Berry the first half, and it was Harvin and Sloman the second half, but they never punted in the second half. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, enough. <laughs> we, well, for once, we're not really going to talk about punters too much. There was actually uh, nice. some other stuff going on, and a lot of the stuff happened right off the bat that had nothing to do with the game. The fact that the rumors are swirling uh, as I was driving home. I'm, I'll be honest, I missed probably the first the Philadelphia drive to start the game. I missed it. I was listening to it on the radio. Um, I was had work, had I was getting home late. I had to call Brian and tell him that the game was on NFL Network so he could watch it instead of listen to it. Um, and so all of a sudden, the phone, my phone starts going nuts, and it's Michael Beck saying, ah, there's rumors that the Steelers are making a trade. Okay, Michael's been known to go off the deep end a little bit on some of this stuff, so we were patient. And then all of a sudden, it kind of came to fruition that maybe this is true. Tom Palestro of the NFL Network saying the Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars are reportedly trading for inside linebacker Joe Schobert, formerly of the Cleveland Browns. Guys, we don't know. This is not official yet. Not official yet. This is just reported. Right now, Mike Tomlin was asked about it in his post-game press conference and just kind of said, I can't talk about that, anything like that right now. Knee-jerk reaction, though, on the trade rumors. Brian, we'll start with you. Go ahead. I have always been a fan of Joe Schobert. I'm really excited for this move. So if it is a move, that's going to be fantastic. I love the fact that his wife came out first and said, Yins are really going to love this one or something like that. But she threw that out there. So 
apparently, I don't know if she's from the area or if she's a research yins. I don't know. I you would think <laughs> that she is, but you know, well, he played in Cleveland. They probably know what that is. I mean, that, you know, that that's true. But how many times have we seen a solid effort from Joe Schobert, and especially in that that horrible game, November fourteenth of two thousand nineteen? how he showed up and he was just uh, he was just kicking the heck out of the Steelers and doing so many different things. So I would love to see a guy like that. When he was a free agent last year, he was one of the top inside linebackers on my list in the free agent market watch and knew that the Steelers wouldn't be going after him. But in a trade, it's a completely different story. Now we don't know any. We also don't know the rumor, uh, even rumors of what the Steelers are be giving up for it. But Dave, what are your thoughts on the trade? Well, couple things. First, Brian has been on record of loving Joe Sherbert when he was yeah. in Cleveland. Wished he would come to Pittsburgh. We can attest to that. I don't think it's rumors. You guys were watching on NFL Network, so you were getting the Philadelphia Eagles commentators. Yes. I watched on KDKA. They announced it on the TV. Really? And talked about the trade. They are not going to do that if it is just rumors. Now, they haven't announced officially what, what it goes down for. But seriously, if they if they talk about it on the show, I mean, they brought up something on the screen about it, and Charlie Batch and Bob Pompiani were going on about it. Wow. So I don't think it's a rumor anymore. I think that makes it that it it's – it's happening. I like it, the fact that they – I mean, especially when you saw some of the – the, the inside linebacker play early in the Hall of Fame game. Now you're seeing it wasn't Devin Bush true, but you kind of wanted to see those other guys step up. What was crazy was there was the, I think it was the last drive of the first half for the, it was when they got the field goal and they were, you know, they were pinned deep two two minute drill. So yeah, it definitely was the last drive of the first half. They were, they mainly threw the ball. They threw the ball three players total on that drive. They threw it at UG three, Justin Lane Mar or, and um, Robert Spillane. Those were the three that they threw at. And they got big plays early. But then when it got to first down, when they got right there for long field goal range, they went they went at, I think first it was Justin Lane, It was and he made the play. Then they went at, at Spillane and he made the play. Then they went at UG3 and he made the play. So all three of them that they were picking on, one by they all each made one play in order to hold it to a field goal. So, but that just kind of goes to show where the Steelers sit when it comes to inside linebackers in the passing game. So, uh, we'll have to see if Schobert can uh, can bring that to the Steel City. And once it becomes official, where we get some more uh, information, we'll put it that way on that trade. I'm sure we'll have a podcast, breaking news podcast for you here at Behind the Steel Curtain, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do. Now, this might be your first time stumbling upon the post-game podcast, whether it's live on Facebook or on YouTube. What we do is we run through the box score. We go through who did well, who didn't do well. We start off typically with the offense in the first half, and then we go to the defense in the second half. So with that being said, let's go right at it with the Mason Rudolph at the quarterback position. He started the game. Eight for nine, 77 yards, 8.6 average. He was sacked once for 10 yards and a rating of 102.3. Dwayne Haskins comes in 16 of 22, 161 yards, 
7.3 average, one touchdown, a rating of 108.3. Joshua Dobbs finishes up five of six for 30 yards, five-yard average. He did throw an interception, pretty bad one, rating of 47.9. The passing total, 29 to 37 for 258 yards, uh, one touchdown, one interception, and one sack. Gentlemen, quarterbacks, let's talk about it. Start with you, Brian. Go ahead. I thought it was a pretty decent effort from the quarterbacks. I, uh, you know, that one in that one interception by uh, Joshua Dobbs was uh, was ugly. But the guys I was really looking at, of course, Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, and I thought they both showed up this week. Dwayne Haskins really needed to have a very good showing to not uh, drop out of the conversation because last week was uh, was not great for him. And now Dave did explain it. That you know he was he was going over the looks and what the defense was getting him. This week, he had more chances to throw downfield. He looked solid doing it. He did have that touchdown pass. He led them on a couple of tu- of scoring drives. So a uh, very solid game from him. Dave and I were talking before the show on Mason Rudolph and thought he had a pretty good effort. And what killed his drives? was basically those penalties. Those penalties really, really uh, knocked them out of uh, a field goal range and uh, knocked them into deep third downs. So it was one of those situations where uh, I don't think he was bad at all. Dave, what are your thoughts on the quarterback? Yeah, Brian brought up some really great points there. Um, you've got to remember who's going against the ones and who's going against the twos, because you got to think about this. This was Philly's first preseason game. So they had their main guys out there even less. And of course it was former Steeler Javon Hargrave getting the, the big sack on Mason Rudolph on uh, to end his time. But bottom line is the penalties killed Rudolph's drives. I'd love to see, what would have happened if it wasn't for that? I'd like to see the two of them switched just to see, you know, I would expect more from Rudolph if he was playing uh, uh, against the, the people that Haskins was. And I think I, I'd like to see Haskins step up and play against those better players. I, I think he would, I think he would do well. I have confidence in all, basically all three of the quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs, that interception, it was third down. And at least he was trying to make a throw that would get a first down. You know, you still don't want to do that and turn the ball over and not punt it. Maybe you don't, you know, maybe that wasn't the wisest thing, but at least he didn't throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage on the third and seven, if you know what I mean. But with Haskins, what really opened him up was that free play. When he got that free play and then he, you know, he stepped up, slid out to the right, wide open guy in the end zone. I mean, absolutely blown coverage. I mean, I don't, I think any of the quarterbacks could have made that throw. And I, Honestly, the best thing Haskins had going for him was the time he had to throw. That offensive line against that part of the Phillies defense, they were open up massive holes for the running game and giving Haskins tons of time to throw. And when he had time to throw and could look downfield, he was doing a good job of it. So, yes, he had some really good opportunities, and he did everything he needed to do to take advantage of them. Let's get Austin Smith, who gave us uh, five Canuck bucks. He said, I want Haskins to be good, but I hope people don't overreact with some plays like his touchdown, which was wide open. I want to see quarterbacks switch first and second team, like you just mentioned. Dave. <laughs> yeah, now, Mike saying. Mike Tomlin did say that uh, next week, Ben Roethlisberger, they play on Saturday next week against the Detroit Lions. Ben Nationally Roethlisberger, televised. Yes. 
Ben Roethlisberger will be playing, so that'll switch things up a little bit. Ben typically gets a, a couple drives, and then he's done. Um, who they play after that, I'm sure will be discussed this week leading up to that game. I, I want to reiterate what David mentioned there at the end of his uh, talking points with the quarterbacks is something that Dwayne Haskins had that I think Mason Rudolph didn't, and that was a dominant left side of the offensive line. Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore Jr. were literally just mauling people. And when they ran to the left side, it was open <laughs> 24 hours a day. I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, that's where all the big runs came from when they tried to run to the right side, which is Chaz Green. It just was not the same. So that Chaz was Chaz Green big... looked pretty good, though. Honestly, he did. He did but it, for it, what, it, for it, my it, expectations of him, he number I, 74. Uh, yeah. He, all right. But I'll tell you what, it, it, when you can run the football like they were doing, it, it makes it a heck of a lot easier on the quarterback. Uh, play action works. Everything was working. I will say this, though, and I'll throw it back to you guys to get your take. Dwayne Haskins just looks more comfortable in this offense. He looks – he did a lot of this stuff in college at Ohio State with the motions and you know run pass options. Not that there's a ton of that in the current Matt Canada offense, but it just seems to me that just by on face value – not looking at statistics or who they're playing with. It just looks like Haskins is more comfortable. You agree or disagree, Brian? No, I agree 100%. I think he does look comfortable in this offense. And I think he's uh, he, he's got a maturity about him that uh, we haven't seen before. And it's a lot of the accountability that, I mean, he is, he is being held accountable and he is getting good coaching, good direction from Mike Sullivan, Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. So I really think that uh, this has helped him, and those kind of things help you relax also. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think he does. I'll be honest with you. What kind of helps is I, I don't want to say that they're better, but the the second team de or defensive offensive line blocking for Haskins was tonight, I would say, was just as good, if not better, than the first team, you know, it could have just been the matchups. But, I mean, like you said, Kevin Dotson, Dan Moore Jr., B.J. Finney playing guard. I was the first one down on B.J. Finney because we had nothing to go off of from 2020 other than not being on the field. But especially at guard, he's been doing a nice job. So it's kind of it, it's kind of nice to have that next offensive line come in and there's not wasn't really a drop-off when you could tell there was a drop off in who was playing defense for the, for the Eagles. So it's a little bit easier to be more comfortable when you can sit back in there. I mean, my goodness, one time he threw the ball. I can't remember if it was him or Dobbs. I really can't where they, they pointed out on KDKA that he threw it to his fourth read and he still had no one anywhere close to him when he threw it. Yeah. It was, I mean, so I would, it's funny. I, I, I think you are exactly right that he is more comfortable. My question is, is he, is he benefiting from that? And I mean, I'm not going to hold that against him because bottom line is he's doing a great job with it. Yeah, absolutely. So well, let's move on from the quarterback talk. We could talk about this all night. Let's go to the running backs, uh, the running game, Pittsburgh Steelers overall finished with 42 carries, 152 yards, a 3.6 average, two touchdowns and a long run of 12 yards that belonged to Jalen Samuels. Tony Brooks James finished with the nine carries, 51 yards, 5.7 average. Jalen Samuels, 10 rushes for 45. That's obviously a 4.5 average with one touchdown. Ant Mac, Anthony McFarlane, nine carries for 34 yards, 3.8 yards and one touchdown. Everyone wants to know Najee Harris. He did have some big runs, but they were all 
brought back oh, Najee Harris, geez. two carries, 10 yards, and a long of six. Gentlemen, what do you think about the running game and the running backs? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, I tell you what, it was definitely a shame that uh, they called that Friar Muth call. And if you were watching the Philadelphia broadcast, Rod T- Ross Tucker actually said, yeah, I don't really even think that was a hold. And he was he was saying that as a Philadelphia broadcaster, which uh, made me feel a little bit better. But they they did uh, make fun of him because all oh, linemen are going to stick up for uh, for guys getting an unjust hold. But nonetheless, everything looked good. Even those four yard runs, the little stuff. I mean, and four, a four yard, four yard run is not a little run, but <laughs> Najee Harris kind of makes it look simple. And then when you're seeing Ant Mac have some decent runs, and then Jalen Samuels, who I've been down on, doing it as well, then all of a sudden you've got Tony Brooks James, and number thirty is that the new guy that just came in, Pete Guerrero. Pete Guerrero, yeah, and I, he had a nice run. But that was called his name. Pete Guerrero. Oh, the the famous Guerrero family. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of Pedro Guerrero. (laughs) What's that? Remember Pedro Guerrero from the Cardinals and the the Dodgers back in the day. So, uh, yeah, Pete Guerrero looked – I mean, that was a pretty nice run too. So it seemed like they have the running game uh, back. But, again, I mean – this is second half football in a preseason game, but it's nice to see some of that. And it's nice to see the offensive lineman getting some, getting some push. I said it on Twitter. I said, I don't care if it's a preseason or not. I love seeing the Steelers be able to run the ball. Like they had been. I don't care if it was against their fifth string. This is what you should do. And Mike Tomlin said it. And I agree with him hundred percent. You could tell that the bigs, their big guys, Steelers, big guys were in better condition than Philadelphia. They were going fine. And you can tell Mike Tomlin's big on conditioning. But Dave, back to you with the running backs. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, first of all, I liked Najee Harris getting hit in the backfield, one yard in the backfield, and he still gets a six-yard gain out of it. He broke it and just carried people. Um, the two plays that were huge. I mean, I wish I knew exactly how many yards they were. I'd have to go back and watch, the, watch a replay because you can't find it in the stats because they got wiped out. But the first one, I could tell you that when Frermuth was called with the hold, from what it looked like to me, he didn't. He went to the ground and he pulled the guy down with him. The guy was going to fall down anyway. It didn't. It didn't help Harris bust that out. The hold didn't lead to that. And then the other one, you guys said, I assume was the. It was was it the Turner one? They did not replay that on my broadcast, so I don't know if that was the one that was the bad call, but I don't think that really led to Harris busting out those runs. So even though they didn't count in the scorebook, man, they still were impressive. I like what I'm seeing there. I like what he did. I mean, was it just the one pass that he, that that he was thrown, but for nine yards, that that was impressive, but all in all, especially in the second half, it was all about the offensive line. It didn't matter what running back you put in there. They were, they were getting such a big push. Um, like if you read the knee jerk reaction article at behind the curtain.com, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, big Brosco said, um, yeah, Jalen Samuels with a big, big run, but Myron Cope could have ran through that one. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was just at the point of attack. There was like, 
six or seven yards downfield, and it was just fanned open for him to just go. I mean, it was the up-the-middle running that I really liked late in the game. It was just they could do whatever they wanted. When you talk about Najee Harris and him making the first guy miss, it makes it it makes a, a visual for what he was talking about when he met with the media. And this was, I think, early last week, maybe, where he, he talked about what, what, uh, during a training camp practice, Pat Fryermuth missed a block. And he came up to him and said, Najee, like, hey, my bad, whatever. And he said, look, Pat, like, look, if you miss your block, just go find the next guy and block him. I'm going to make one guy miss. In that way, you're not giving up on the play, and you're going to block the next guy. And when you hear him say that, you're like, well, it's, it's kind of con- – it's very confident. We'll put it that way. It's kind of kind of arrogant. He does. He makes the first guy miss us all the time. So, um, I, absolutely, I, I like the running game uh, in the first half, the offensive line. and the, Let's talk about that while we're on the topic of the offensive line. Let's talk about the running game in particular, the offensive line. I thought the starting offensive line struggled at times. It, I'm not shocked. It was the first time getting guys like Chooksakora for Trey Turner out there. What were your thoughts on the offensive line from start to finish? Brian, we'll start with you. You know what? As the game wore on, they uh, found their footing, but it wasn't everybody – the same, but I did not think that it was a, a terrible effort from the beginning. There's now a lot of people are really down on the offensive line. I've heard a lot of people down on Chooks that uh, they like Dan Moore so much better in this game. I still need to uh, watch it a little bit better. You know, it's a uh, it's hard to focus on the line when you're watching a Philadelphia broadcast and or when you're just watching watching the game on a, a preseason games, a lot tougher to focus on them when you're not watching an all 22, but you know, I, I think that they're getting an identity from Adrian Clem. I think that they're going to turn this into something a little bit better. And I don't think it's going to be the death knell to this team. So I would just, uh, watch it, keep gelling. And, uh, I know we can't wait for baby steps, but that's what's going to happen. But each week, I think you're going to see a little bit more out of that line. Okay, Dave, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, it shows, if anything, they have quality depth. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe very well coached, if that's the guys that need coached up. Um, but what's going to happen, quality depth is great, but what's but you can only keep so many. And then who's to say they can even get to the practice squad after that? But uh, – you know, we'll we'll see how it all shakes down. I still don't know that the guys that were doing so well out there that I'm ready to put ahead of the guys that were in there just because of who they were matched up against. Um, I like to generally, when I watch the game, try to catch every play twice. I watch what the play, how it, what it is, and then I rewind to watch the offensive line after I know what the play is going to be. Um, but I did not have that capability to do that here, so I've got to. Um, Tomorrow, I'm going to have to break down a little bit more with that starting group of the offensive line in order to do that. But uh, if nothing else, got to love the depth. Zach Banner did not play in this game, correct? Because, again, I no, missed the he beginning. Did he did not play. So Joe Haig started at right tackle. So still, we got to remember, um, I thought Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore, I mentioned that earlier when we were talking about Dwayne Haskins, I thought they played great. Um, I think that Kevin Dotson is going to be the starting left guard by the time week one rolls around. And then when you think about Zach Banner at right tackle, 
still have yet to see the starting offensive line play together. And now we're kind of getting into the witching hour where you only have two games left. Is it concerning to you, Brian, that they have not played yet with only two preseason games remaining, or do they still have plenty of time? I think they still have some time, but the crucial game is next week. I mean, that's what, 10 days from now. So Saturday against the the uh, Detroit Lions, they, these guys have got to get in there. And that's, that's probably the game where you see the most out of your starters, because it used to be back in the day when I was first watching preseason, the eighties and the nineties, where the fourth preseason game, you saw most of the team and it's completely different. Now it's the, the third preseason game where you see more starters than ever. And so that's where you need to see these guys to be able to be on the field, you know, definitively on September 12th. Dave, what do you think about that? Um, We've got to remember that this will be the Steelers' third preseason game, but it's only going to be the Lions' second. Yeah, just like just like this was the Eagles' first one, even though it was the Steelers' second. And you might still might not see all the starters for the Lions when you're going to see them for the Steelers, just because of how it all plays out. I don't know how teams that only have three games are going to do. With, are they going to play their people in game two? The Steelers have the luxury of four, so they're playing it kind of, it appears that they're playing it how they would have played it in years past with four games. So I expect other teams to play their starters in the last game because then they have two weeks off. But I I don't know. So that's going to be interesting in this matchup. I am lo- looking forward to see it. I want to see the group that they're going to have for the offensive line out there. I really do. And uh, it might come down to that if that if Kevin Dodson, who looked like even though Coach Tomlin didn't want to talk about the post game press conference, he's talking about looks. Kevin Dodson looks like he's the guy that needs to be out there based on tonight. I want to know how well he plays next to Chooks. That's a big question mark because we just saw how he plays next to, to Dan Moore Jr. Yes, and they played well together. Yes, I want to see if Dodson can bring the same thing with Chooks next to him. That's really what I want to see from this. Yeah, very good point. Andrew Palladino, uh, $4.99, the tip jar. Thank you. He says, my wheeling friend. Uh, he follows me on Twitter, both from wheeling. So, yes, Andrew, good to uh, talk to some people from wheeling, West Virginia, our old stomping grounds. He said, what did Yins think of those Philly commentators? They were awful. Brian and I can attest they were awful. Um, I I'll catch him on the replay. <laughs> yeah. He said, I live in D.C., so I was SOL on that KDKA stream. I feel good about this team. You know what, Andrew? I actually am starting to feel pretty good about this team as well. Uh, there's question marks, but there's question marks on every team right now. There's no one that's sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, we're good. Let's just punch a ticket to the Super Bowl. Not even the Chiefs, not even the Buccaneers. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. I'll, and people keep bringing up Jordan Berry, who did play well. I'll give him credit. I'll give him credit where credit's due. I'll say hey, it now. He only Jordan, got it to the two. Big Press got it to the one. <laughs> There you go. That's the difference. He's twice as good. (laughs) All right. Last thing to talk about here, receivers. uh, Let's get through the receiving core. The Steelers, boy, did they target a lot of people. Dave, you have to count. 15. 15. Nice. That's going in my article for tomorrow. And all 15 of them had a catch. Yeah, that's true. Very good. Crazy. 29 for 29 receptions for 268 yards and 9.2 average. Uh, One touchdown. The lone touchdown was to Anthony Johnson. Long pass play was 33 yards, and uh, that was Deontay Johnson with that catch. So, um, 
to Rico Bussy finishes the four for 45 Deontay Johnson, three for 41 Cody white five for 39 uh, Juju Smith Schuster, three for 22 is good to see him get in the mix guys. What do you think about the receiving core? Brian, we'll start with you. I thought they were fantastic. I really enjoyed that long play to Deontay Johnson in the uh, first quarter. I thought that was uh I thought that was pretty special. I know that was not against I, that was the second drive, so that was not against uh, starters. But still, I I thought it was a great play too. I I think he's really energized. Like you said, I also like Juju Smith Schuster uh, being in the mix. I I really thought that uh, with all those targets. I mean, sure, not all these guys are going to make team make the play excuse me, make the team, but you've got guys like Cody white who look pretty good and you have Rico Bussy, and you have those guys that some of them will be on, on the, uh, the practice squad. Some of those will still be around and you might see players like that. I mean, we didn't see much from uh, Simmons this week, but Anthony Johnson showed up once again. So I, I gotta tell you with these receivers, I, I really thought that they look good. How much better are they going to look when Ben Roethlisberger's in there? That's a good point, Dave. What are your thoughts about the receiving core? Yeah, I I liked what they brought out there. Um, didn't like the end around that. It seemed like Claypool was trying to get to the to the corner when he could have cut it upfield for a couple yards. But you know, that's what when you give a, when you give a wide receiver a handoff, a lot of times that's what you're going to get. Um, but. Yeah, Brian brought up that long pass to Deontay Johnson. I feel like the receivers were doing everything that they needed to do up and down. I thought that the tight ends, you know, I mean, you could say, what was it? Was it Kevin? Was it Gentry or was it Raider that had the, the they're both big at, and were an eight and a straight number? I can, I can never, that had the Gentry. pass behind him. Gentry. He got his hands on it. It was Gentry. Gentry okay. Yeah. He got his hands on it. So you'd like to make him catch it, but that, it was not a good throw, um, you have to admit. But even the, the running backs and their plays in the passing game with Najee Harris, I mean, Jalen Samuels, they, that was a dump off, but he does a much better job of making a guy miss when he's getting the ball in space on a, on a catch than he does when he's running the ball. And I know some people were complaining that he went out of bounds. His job there was to was to take the angle to get the first down, which he did. And then therefore it just took him out of bounds, which I have no problem with that. He went, he got the first down on a third and long. So just all in all, just great effort by up and down the board. Yeah, no, you're right. And the receiving core looks as deep as ever. I mean, it looks like if they were to somehow, I don't know, with the trade rumors, maybe if they were to package James Washington, who's banged up right now into a deal, that they'd probably be okay, that they might be able to find someone that can duplicate that type of success, which I think is pretty minimal, to be honest. Uh, let's get Vernon. What do you give us? Four ninety nine. He says, what do you guys think about the trade the Steelers made? We talked about that, Vernon, at the beginning no, of the really. show. Um, go back and check that out. We, we like it. We think it's a good addition. I think he's going to be able to compete for a starting job right away. That doesn't mean he's going to be given it, but yeah, Dave, you got to say something. Well, we want to see what the Steelers gave up and yeah. the rumors are that the Jacksonville's take, taking on some of the money That's that they too. might be taking on some of, I think some of the, the possible bonuses he was supposed to have might Jeez, be what, what they did this guy, on. what I, that's what I don't get. Like you're going to trade a guy away and give away all this money. Like what in the heck? Like that doesn't new head coach wants his guys. That's true. I don't, good I don't, point. I don't, I don't. Good point. Good it is point. what it is. 
Well, we'll talk about the defensive. Uh, we'll talk about the defense in a second. We're going to go over to part two. So if you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, stay tuned. We're not going anywhere. If you're on the audio side, head over to part two to hear us talk about defense and a lot more. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 